One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding an available website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen a .ca domain name for their business. Choose your .ca domain name at cira.ca forward slash startup today. A real entrepreneur with a gourmet burger business, serving up real questions with a dash of reality. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. And now broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, Rivers Corbett. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Startup Canada Podcast Show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett. The Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the rallying network uniting Canada's entrepreneurship community. And on this podcast, we connect you, the idea person, the startup founder, the creative thinker with the movers and shakers of Canadian entrepreneurship. Here on the show is where we fill you in on trends and opportunities and possibilities for your next step as an entrepreneur and where we have conversations about advancing entrepreneurial growth and success in Canada. Today's episode is brought to you by Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in building a financially fit and fundable business. Get 50% off, that's right, 50% off QuickBooks online today by visiting intuit.com quickbooks.ca forward slash start right. Do any of our new listeners remember to subscribe to the Startup Canada podcast in the iTunes store, then visit startupcan.ca to join the network to connect to support, mentors, training, funding, space, and to your local startup community. Ladies and gentlemen, I am just so thrilled today to have as my guest, Janie Goldstein. She's the executive director and founder of the Upside Foundation of Canada, a new philanthropic, I always wonder if I'm going to get that word, venture that helps startups to commit options, which are then given back to Canadian charities upon the company's exit. Today, we're going to delve into social entrepreneurship in Canada using Janie's amazing insight to understand why startups should start with a plan to give back. She's obtained a degree from Montreal's McGill University in electrical engineering, followed by an MBA from Harvard University. Her marketing and technical career started at Bell Northern Research, later Nortel, and took her into consulting where she stayed for over a decade. Janie, it's just great to have you on the show today. Great to be here, Rivers. Oh, so look, startups have known for not having time or money when they first start, but you know, you found a way to help them pay it forward from day one to find the, that space in their financials and their uh, time to make that happen. Can you delve into uh, the upside, as you call it, uh, and tell us about yourself and uh, how uh, how a McGill engineering grad came to be the founder of one of Canada's most exciting charities? Uh, well, I guess the answer to that last question is uh, just lucky, I guess. Um, right on. I uh, 
as you mentioned, after I did electrical engineering, I worked in consulting for a while. I then had kids, took a little bit of time off. And when I was thinking about what to do post kids, I was chatting with one of the people that I met. Um, we we're both serving on the same board of directors. And he was talking about this neat idea that he had about Canadians helping Canadians and giving back uh, as part of the entrepreneurial community. And he said, it'd be great if we could just chat about this for a couple of hours. Maybe I could use a couple of hours of your time. And uh, that person was Mark Skapinker, who's one of the co-founders of Upside Foundation. Of course. Who, who introduced <laughs> me to Rob Antoniatis, the other co-founder. And the couple of hours ended up being, you know, a couple of years. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's a really cool journey, isn't it? How uh, when I'm working with uh, with high school students and so on, I'm talking about the journey of an entrepreneur, I always say it just starts with that chat, and you never know where you're going to go with uh, with that opportunity. So, so that's fantastic. And um, so you you don't regret that lucky situation. Then you've obviously are very passionate about what you're doing with the Upside Foundation. But uh, I want to dig a little deeper and what really makes it so that when you wake up on a Monday, it feels like a Friday working with the Upside Foundation. <laughs> Not sure it really feels like a Friday. But, uh, <laughs> stick with um, me, Janie. Stick with me. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so passionate about it? Uh, a few reasons. I, giving back, firstly, has always been important to me and my family. It was really instilled at a, a very young age, uh, especially by my dad. Um, I, you know, I do donate cash to charities, but giving of my time and Really, my expertise is where I think I can make more of a difference. So why Upside Foundation? Uh, most of my career was spent consulting with larger companies. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't aware of the startup community and to the intricacies of how it worked. So I've learned a ton about the startup environment, the organizations involved. I've met really smart and motivated people and uh, lucky enough to, I got to meet most many of the key players in the industry, but mostly I really believe the Upside Foundation is going to be transformative for the startup ecosystem. Mm. I think we can grow the pool of charitable giving, but we're also going to change the way entrepreneurs think about social mission, the way they think about giving back. And I think we can make Canada into a role model for this worldwide. I, I don't know, maybe it's because I have a July 1st birthday. Um, <laughs> I am very passionate about Canada and very nationalistic. And I just think this can um, do a lot of good to help Canada. Very cool. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a very passionate Canadian too. And I love one of my favorite days of the year is actually Canada day. So now it'll be there for another memory, which is your birthday. So, uh, so that's, <laughs> that's awesome. So look, before we get into, you know, why, you know, how entrepreneurs do it and all that kind of stuff, uh, you call it the upside, is that kind of a, a shorter version or is it always the upside foundation? Either one. Either one works. Okay. So how does the upside work anyway? Give us the kind of the engine pieces and you know, how do entrepreneurs get involved? Uh, we try and make it super easy for them to do uh, because we know that they have no time uh, to do this and they should be very focused on building their company and, and getting a product out. So, and we also know they have no cash. Um, and so that's why this platform was created. You know, it, People talk about what's the problem, what's the solution. The problem is they want to be philanthropic. They know it's the right thing to do. They know it'll help their corporate culture, um, but they just don't have the means or the platform to do it. So, you know, there's Upside Foundation. Um, the only thing that a founder has 
of value when they're first starting out is the belief that their company is going to be really successful one day and they are going to have a big upside. So really our motto is share your upside. And we ask them to put aside about 1% is about right of the company when they're just starting out. And it can be through options or warrants and pledge that to Upside Foundation. So what we do is we hold on to those options or warrants until they have their big exit, whether it's an IPO or an acquisition. Mm -hmm. And then we monetize the options or warrants and we donate the proceeds to local charities. Um, So you asked, what's the, the first step? The first step is super easy. On our website, there's a place to pledge online. So just fill out the few lines on the pledge form. And then um, I contact the, the company afterwards uh, based on what they're doing, if it's options or warrants, if it's um, founder shares or theirs. I There's a very short, you know, a three-page legal document, which if you've dealt with lawyers and not to disparage lawyers, but they're typically much longer. <laughs> yeah, um, good for you. Three pages. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a three-page doc. Or if they've already developed an ESOP, um, an employee stock ownership plan, and they're just going to donate options, they just grant the options to us right then and there. So it's, it's really easy to do. And tell us about some of the, uh, the organizations that are now receiving the benefits from the options and, and, uh, you know, the, the exits, if I could call it, um, can you give us some of the, some stories centered around that? I can give you some stories. Um, we don't have a lot of Canadian stories yet, um, only because we are new. And so, it takes a while for companies to mature. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had one Canadian exit so far. Um, it was uh, oh. a company called Understood It. And the money, 100% of the proceeds were donated, split between two organizations. One was called East York Learning Experience, um, which was a charity that was suggested by us based on what the found the area of focus the founders um, wanted to donate to. And the other one was an organization they were dealing with called Mentoring Junior Kids Organization. And I I should say one of the benefits of Upside, and there's many, and I'll go on about (laughs) those, um, is that we... We know that um, it's there's 85,000 charities in Canada or more, and it's really hard to find charities that are the most impactful. So we mm. work with organizations like Charity Intelligence and others that will help to choose the most impactful charities because the, these exits presumably are going to be very large, and we want the money to go to the most impactful organizations. So, you know, in terms of non-Canadian success stories, um, probably- Can I just stop you for, the, for a sec there, Jeannie? Because I think it's important that we, we I want to define what impactful means to you, and then we'll get into non-Canadian charities. But I, when you say they need to make an impact, that's how they define how they're chosen. Can you, can you broaden that? Sure. Uh, you know, for a, a charity that's focused on um, education, let's say, you know, some might say, well, we have the lowest- um, uh, percentage of administrative overhead, or um, you know, we've contacted this many schools, or, or whatever it is. But really, when a group like Charity Intelligence looks at an organization like that, they will say, "Well, what is the key metric um, helping uh, to prevent high school dropouts or recidivism? You know, how do we make sure that these students stay in school?" So let's look at that as an as a measure. Of, of how we look at the effectiveness of this charity and let's compare charities on these critical measures, not something you typically find in um, 
uh, an annual report of a charity. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Sorry for the interruption. Let's talk about some of the stuff that's non-Canadian. Yeah. So the, I think, I should mention there's organizations in the U.S. and Israel uh, that we are affiliated with uh, that do similar things. And one of the best known examples, uh, at least to my mind, is uh, a company called Waze. And I'm very directionally challenged and I use Waze all the time because it's a GPS app. (laughs) And uh, what it does is it, it helps you find the best route to take when you're driving based on current traffic patterns right then and there. So anyway, Waze was an Israeli company and it was purchased by Google for one and a half billion dollars. Um, and when that happened, there was over a million dollars uh, unleashed from the options of the company, which went to local charities. And because it was an Israeli company, it went to Israeli charities um, because there's a, a separate Israeli organization called Tamora, and they do exactly what we're doing uh, in Israel. They've just been around a, hell, a lot longer, mm-hmm. and uh, so they've had great success stories. Very cool. Very cool. And how many other foundations would be like upside around the world? Well, uh, there's the Israeli organization that I mentioned. What um, In the U.S., there's uh, various groups called Entrepreneurs Foundations, and they're in pockets of uh, the U.S. And then the founders of Salesforce uh, and Salesforce Foundation, which um, really encourages companies to follow the the foundation model of giving back 1%. And and they they focus on 1% of product, 1% of time, and 1% of equity. Mm. Salesforce Foundation and others started a global movement called Pledge 1%. And this is uh, probably about a, a year and a half old. And Pledge 1% encourages companies worldwide now to give back. Um, Upside Foundation is Pledge 1%'s Canadian partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, any company that wants to donate equity um, in Canada comes to us, if, even if they start off with Pledge 1%. Um, and Pledge 1% in you know about the year that they've been around has over 550 companies that have signed up. So there's, there's pockets in the US, there's a group in Israel, there's I think one in UK. Um, Australia is um, now getting pretty big on this, but we, we are the organization for Canada. Very cool. And when somebody applies for uh, uh, um, membership into up the Upside Foundation, I call it membership. I don't know if you use another word or not, but uh, to be accepted, it, you know, I, I've got to presume that there's some some sort of criteria whereby you really are dealing with the serious players here to uh, to meet what your objectives are versus uh, I, I don't know. Let's just say a local convenience store for for for, for comparison's right. sake. So is, well, how does that work? Uh, you know, a company for this model to be effective for a company, they really need to have as a goal um, an, an ultimate exit, right? They have to right. be a high growth company looking to have some sort of acquisition or IPO eventually. If they're sort of a mom and pop company that's just going to coast along and, and generate great returns for the mm-hmm. founders, but mm-hmm. is going to be in business for many, many years, then this wouldn't be the best vehicle for them. Right. But in terms of a company that is high growth, um, we don't have a crystal ball. And, you know, I, I work with many VCs and, um, you know, even they... Uh, don't know 100% of the time when a company is going to be a hit and when it's not. So any company that is a high growth tech company, I would encourage 
any or all of them to uh, check out our, our website and apply. You're, it's never too early um, and your company's never too small. So, and it's uh, it's just a great opportunity to have a, a social mission right from the start and really have a, a lasting legacy for your company so that yeah. you know this company that I started. And yes, we made a ton of money when we had our big exit. Yeah. Um, we also really, we gave back to the community and I didn't have to spend any cash in the beginning to do it. It, it yeah. was simple to do. Nice. Well, and you know, you, you talk about the legacy, you talk about the importance of giving back. Can you dig a little deeper as to why in particular is it important for entrepreneurs from your perspective and the foundation's perspective to give back from day one? A couple of reasons. Um, one if they, uh, and a few founders have said to us, well, hey, you know, when I strike it rich, of course I'm going to give back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, that's who I am. Of course I'm going to do it. And that's great. And we don't discourage them from doing that. But the problem with that is is twofold. Uh, one, it's not motivating to their employees in their company. If they want this to be a part of company culture, they should make it part of the company day one and not just something that the founder does at the very end. Yeah. If you were here right now, you'd see my head nodding. Totally agree (laughs) with that point. Love it. Yes. Um, And the other thing is a founder day one, when it's just one person, maybe with one partner, they might both agree, yeah, this is what we want to do. We're definitely going to do it. And then the company grows and the company grows and it grows some more. And eventually there's lots of partners, lots of stakeholders. Um, The original founder may potentially not even be in an operating role at the very end. And the, the intent of what the founder wanted to do when they started the company, what they wanted the company to be about, gets lost because then you need shareholders to start approving a big donation at the end. It, it just, it's not going to happen. And so getting that as part of your cap table early on, putting that 1% in, which will get diluted over time, but 1% when the company is worth so little to ensure that it actually happens uh, has been proven to be an incredibly successful concept. Love it. Love it. But look, you're a startup yourself. How are you sustaining yourself right now? Oh, good question. <laughs> Sorry, it's the, it's the big boogeyman, but uh, under the yeah. bed. And it's not on the script, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. I just find it so interesting. <laughs> that, you know, you you really are. You're a social entrepreneur de- developing some with, uh, you know, a business model. And yep. uh, and yet you've just, you know, you've just starting to go on this journey. How are you sustaining yourself? Uh, well, a few ways. One, myself and the two other co-founders all do this pro bono okay. in addition to our, our day jobs. Well, thank you. Um, you know, a truly our pleasure. Um, we have, um, we were very lucky to secure, uh, legal services from Bennett Jones, accounting and audit services from KPNG, and they both gift their services to us. Cool. And that is the, the biggest, uh, chunk of our costs. We also have a web design firm, Lucid Web Group, that gifts their services to us as well. And so that's the bulk of our costs. We have events. We had a, a really great event in October, uh, which I just have to talk about for a minute called okay. Meet the Investors and Influencers. Let's go for it. Yeah. It was, uh, Sorry, Toronto- what's it called again? Meet the Investors and Influencers. Okay. It was a Toronto event, and we thought we'd attract about oh, 200 people at the, at the most. And we ended up having over 650 people register. We wow. had to cut off registration <laughs> because we had 
just tremendous support from the VC community. We had about 40 VCs uh, and influencers who said they would be there and speak with entrepreneurs who came, sort of give entrepreneurs front of the line access uh, at this event so that we could, you know, once they were there, we could talk a little bit about Upside Foundation. And we had sponsorship for that event. So our event was uh, fully covered in terms of cost. And we're we're a very lean organization. I do mm. most of my work out of my home office. <laughs> and um, uh, we we keep costs low. Yeah. Well, like, like a startup does, right? That's exactly what happens. Well, uh, you know, what have been some of your, your most surprising learnings, things that you just say, oh my gosh, if I, uh, I wish I had known that beforehand or, oh my gosh, isn't that cool learning that in, in your time building the Upside Foundation? Uh, I guess, you know, some more positive than, than others. Um, from a positive sense, it's been amazing when I speak to potential partners, uh, whether they're incubators or accelerators. And we have a whole bunch who've said, yeah, we want to be partners with you. And we'll speak about this with our cohorts or even um, organizations in the startup environment. Um, you know, Ace Tech Ontario, of course, Startup Canada, yeah. um, who's been a huge supporter. Um People who want to become involved, uh, Bennett Jones, for instance, our legal um, providers have said, you know, hey, as a perk for donors, we'll we'll do a custom uh, employee stock ownership plan or ESOP for only five hundred dollars. And that's just a perk because they're giving to Upside Foundation. Uh, nice. Typically, those cost thousands. Mm. Um, so. It's been the support we've had from various organizations and partners has been uh, tremendous. We have a board who, which spans across Canada. We have advisors. We just appointed a new ambassador. Um, and so everyone really is very enamored with this concept, and that's been great. Um, and, and so I find people are much more socially minded and willing to give back than I thought. And, and really, no one said, wow, this is a, a bad idea. Mm. Um, I, I think the, the, the stumbling block that we've come across is uh, as founders, and, and I get this, they're very focused on, on building their company. So we'll chat with, have an initial chat, and they'll say, this is a great idea. Yep. Uh, you know, I want in, I just want to check with my partner and I'll get back to you in a couple of days. And then they get busy. So it, it takes mm. a little bit longer to sort of close the deal with, um, with entrepreneurs than, than we'd like. But, um, I, I think one of the things that we are doing now is we're, we managed to just secure some private, uh, funding, um, from, uh, some, very generous individuals and a couple of corporations. And we're hoping to match that with an actual grant. And so we're right now interviewing for our first paid resource. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we're going to have a general manager. Everybody woohoo. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have a general manager who uh, can follow up with some of these companies nice. and really help us to scale. Yes. That's so cool. So cool. So how did you tell us about your first uh, connection with Startup Canada? Our first connection. Mm. Um, I mean, you've come, you've gone away. Now you're on the podcast show. I'm sure they'll be doing series about you and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so cool. I, I am a, well, of course, I'm not just saying this cause I'm on the startup Canada podcast, <laughs> um, but I'm a huge fan of, uh, of startup Canada. We yeah. met with, uh, Victoria, uh, and Cyprian and, and Matt back in, I guess, I don't know if it was a year ago or more. Okay. And, 
we just talked about what they are trying to do, what we are trying to do. And at the first meeting, we said, okay, we don't know exactly how we're going to coordinate, but we got to do stuff together because we're both in this for the same reasons. And there's some really cool, pardon the pun, upside um, (laughs) for us to work together. And so we, we kind of you know, walked before we ran and we announced a partnership and I've been to a bunch of their conferences and, and leadership table, leadership, I guess, get togethers. Um, they have a a fantastic social media network Mm -hmm. and, um, incredible marketing. And they've been, uh, really, really supportive for any event that we have. Um, they're, they drive attendance. And, uh, I think, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm sure we're all fans of Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, how can you not be? And mm. uh, and she's just been great to work with. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's a uh, it's you know I'm I'm always interested in that first connection with Startup Canada, but it, usually it's one based on the warmth and in, you know and, and inclusion of uh, of the journey, and uh, you just uh, reinforce that then. So uh, so that's cool. Good for and, you. And you know, it's kind of like the motto. Uh, I, I I think you've interviewed. Brad Feld probably before. Um, and actually, Brad Feld is involved with uh, one of the organizations in the U.S., uh, one of the Entrepreneurs Foundations in the U.S., and he's a big fan of, of giving back 1%. And mm-hmm. I, I, I remember hearing Brad talk about the give first approach. And I think with Startup Canada, there was very much this approach of, well, what can we do for you? And no, wait, what can mm-hmm. we do for you? Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was great. Yeah. Again, like a business should run, right? <laughs> what mm-hmm. can I do for you? Yeah. Well, what advice uh, can you share with us, Janie, about you know, given your experience to date and so on for other social innovators who are trying to advance a, a social purpose from, from the ground up? I mean, there's always been people and organizations that have wanted to, uh, to, to build um, what's cool now. It's, a, it's the in thing to do. It's now being recognized as a very valid uh, journey. Uh, not that it wasn't before, but now it's really getting the recognition it deserves. And so more and more people are, are venturing into it. So what, what types of advice, uh, what, what advice would you give them from your experiences in getting started? Well, I, I think you need to think about what problem you're trying to solve. Uh, that's like any business, uh, but then build support for it. I don't think that, well, I know we could not have launched had we not had the support of uh, legal accounting and, and web design. It's because it, we didn't have any funding. So I, I think you need to build that support before you start, um, you are going to have to give a lot of your own personal time. Um, you know, whether it's doing it full-time pro bono or on the side pro bono, you really have to commit to it. And it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but if it's something that you are passionate about and you really do need to be passionate about it, then go for it. Very cool. Very, very cool. So um, besides the Upside Foundation, what's your second favorite uh, uh, social foundation? Uh, You mean other than Startup Canada? (laughs) Good point. Good. Man, I wasn't (laughs) even thinking of that. Okay. Your third favorite. (laughs) I want to learn a little bit about you and, uh, you know, what what things that you really enjoy, you know, besides doing what you're doing. But uh, other organizations say, holy crap, if the Upside Foundation can be like that, oh my gosh, would we ever have been a success? And yes, we, Startup Canada doesn't qualify in this question. Hmm. Uh, That's a tough one. You know, I, I'm... 
I very much do believe in the for-profit system. So when I see companies, I guess I look at role models of for-profit companies that have done a lot to give back. And those would be the ones that that I'm sure there are lots of um, charities and and not-for-profits that I could think about if I wasn't on the spot. But when I think about some of the for-profit companies and the people who uh, work in the for-profit uh, arena who do so much of their time giving back. I'll, I'll give you just a couple of examples. One is there's a, our very first donor is a company called Hubba. Hubba. And uh, the nice. uh, the founder of Hubba um, is a guy named Ben. And, and Ben mentors a lot of uh, junior startup founders. And one of the things that he does when he mentors them is he says, look, I, I'm happy to spend time with you. And I don't ask for anything in return but consider donating to Upside Foundation. Nice. And so that's like, that's a double whammy. There's a, Mm. the other person that comes to mind is Howard Gwynn, who's a, um, a very experienced VC. He's a corporate director on lots of boards and very, various companies will approach him and say, Hey, Howard, can we hire you for a day to give us advice? And he'll, he has said, yeah, you can. And instead of paying me, I want you to send whatever payment you were going to give me to Upside Foundation, just cool. give them a little check, cool. and uh, and so that's what he's done. He's done that numerous times. What a great strategy, eh? When you think about it, to build your uh, to build part of your your funding portfolio is to uh, focus in on people that are giving their time already, and in lieu of that, pay uh, pay it forward to the Upside Foundation. I love it. Love mm-hmm. it, love it, love it. Well, Janie, um, I I appreciate so much your your time. This has uh, just been a great insight to the magic that you're creating with the Upside Foundation. And you know, I want to leave the last word to you uh, before we we uh, kind of close out this amazing time together. Um, you get your platform to say whatever you want to say. Uh, words of wisdom about about life, about Upside Foundation, whatever. Uh, and uh, it's it's up to you. What do you want to, what do you want to leave us with? Uh, well, I, I guess a few things. Sometimes I just want to clarify a couple of things uh, that people ask us about Upside Foundation. One question they ask is, which charities do we donate the money to? And the beauty of it is the founders choose. Mm-hmm. Um, people ask, is there a cost for the founders? There is no cost to founders. Um, and then people ask us, so after they pledge, uh, you know, really, what are the what are the benefits to them? Uh, you know, some people do this because they know it's the right thing to do, quote unquote. Um, and there's lots of data around why having a social mission or being having a corporate social responsibility or CSR program is the right thing to do in terms of uh, retention and recruitment and um, increased sales. So you get all those benefits. But I, I just want to mention some of the things that we try and do for the founders. Um, we give them a lot of visibility and help them promote what they have done. So um, their logo goes on our website. It also goes on the global Pledge 1% website. We give them a resource package that has materials to help them um, uh, promote what they've done to their stakeholders in their community, some social media tips. Um, we encourage them to do blog posts on it. 
whenever I go uh, and present anything about Upside Foundation, I show their logos. Uh, we invite them to networking events, whether it's a, a donor breakfast that's exclusive to donors. Uh, we'd like to do a webinar, which would be exclusive access to our donors. We give them front of the line and and intros at uh, at events. So cool. um, if there's an event and one of our donors comes up to me and says, hey, I'm really interested in speaking to so-and-so uh, or someone who does X, Y, and Z, is there anyone here that you know of? I've introduced them. Mm. Um, we know uh, there's been one donor I know who decided to donate. Not so much because it was the right thing to do, although felt it probably was, um, <laughs> but because it was the value of the intros that we were able to provide. I just, nice. just an hour before this call, one of our um, donors said, you know, hey, I'm just starting to think about raising money. And, and um, I sent him a, a direct intro to one of our co-founders on our board and said, you know, hey, you guys should chat. And he's happy to chat. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of other, I guess, perks of mm-hmm. uh, becoming part of Upside Foundation. And so I, the last thing I'm going to say is uh, if there's any founders listening, um, pledge online. Um, it's just, we'll make it easy to do. Uh, it, it's, it'll provide you with enormous benefits. Uh, and uh, anyone who's not a founder but knows of founders, spread the word. Our, uh, our Twitter address is at ShareTheUpside. Um, and uh, I guess just, you know, encourage people to uh, check us out. I want to tell you, Janie, you have been the best last word of any guest that I've had. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job wow, with that. Wow, thank you. Yeah. And, and I'm a newbie at this. And you're a newbie. Well, you, you may be a newbie at this, but you're a pro at, uh, at, at at sharing your passion, that's for sure. And congratulations for all the stuff you're doing. I just want to verify your website is uh, upsidefoundation.ca. Yes. Perfect stuff. Wow, wow, wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Janie Goldstein. She's the executive director and founder of the Upside Foundation of Canada, really doing magic with regards to helping entrepreneurs, founders give back from day one. And uh, I love that, uh, that strategy. Thanks so much, Janie. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly program dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every Canadian. Want access to even more amazing entrepreneur content? Well, then make sure you check out startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like the popular online training events, startup chats, and startup school. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash events for more details. And my name is Rivers Corbett. I'm your host. As always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter at Rivers Corbett. I do the same thing with conveying all kinds of cool ideas and uh, conversations with entrepreneurs around the planet to help you guys have super success. And also, I'm pleased to introduce my newest business venture, Coaching by Rockstars. That's www.coachingbyrockstars.com, where I am building an amazing team of business coaches to help entrepreneurs around the planet. If you've got an interest in that, come and check us out. Until next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you now with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Well, Bob, walk us through a typical day at work as an entrepreneur in Whitehorse, if there's any difference, because it's Whitehorse or not. Let's uh, you know, what's your typical day look like? 
Uh, well, certainly uh, when we started, a typical day was you did everything from brewing the beer to putting it in the bottle to, you know, sticking labels on them and so on and so on. But it's really morphed over time to, uh, for me, I think, um, trying to have the day-to-day operations of the company be done by somebody else. Um, uh, I think the unfortunate reality is I'm not going to live forever and Al's mm. not going to live forever. And we have to have this place run without us. Um, and what's kind of fun for me is it's allowed my job to morph into the kind of the face of the company. So I end up spending a lot of time um well, doing interviews like this, mm-hmm. attending events around the Yukon, um, events outside the Yukon. Um, and uh, it, it, the job really has become uh, trying to portray the company in the light that we'd like it to be portrayed in. Very cool. So um, how uh, how have you incorporated? I mean, we, you've, we've talked about global expansion and or expansion anyway. Tell me how you work within your community. How does your brand interact with the other with the other businesses or the community of Whitehorse? And my understanding, Whitehorse is like a population of like twenty five thousand people. Is that is that correct? That's probably pretty close. Yeah. Uh, the Yukon itself is around 37,000. So, right. yeah, I would say somewhere in that mid-20s. Um, we're tiny. And um, really, it, you know, there's some, some things that we've managed to accomplish here that are kind of astonishing for a lot of people. Uh, for example, with draft beer, uh, we outsell all of our other competitors, including uh, the big guys in Canada combined. Um, so we have about a 70% market share of draft beer. And... You know, that's the kind of support um, we've gotten locally. And uh, without that support, I don't know that we'd be here um, because you're only the home team at home. Um, We've learned that. So we try to be the best home team we can be. Uh, But the flip side of that is we're not the home team anywhere else. So when we sell our beer in Alberta or BC or or Northwest Territories, um, we're not the home team anymore. And uh, we can't play that card. uh, Somebody else is playing that card for us. We certainly say... um, that if somebody or anybody who's here trying to sell beer, they're in our backyard. And that doesn't mean they can't, but it doesn't mean they won't get um, yeah, our best up. efforts to uh, beat them up. <laughs> yep. yep, absolutely. In the same way that we go somewhere else and people try to beat us up, it's just the way it works. Um, but the local support that we've had has been phenomenal. Um, I would challenge you to find a licensee in the Yukon who does not have our beer. Uh, either on tap or in bottles or in cans or all of the above. 